Agile Amp shares stories of bringing agility and humanity into the workplace and beyond. Inspiring and provocative voices speak on topics from technology to business to living change. Dedicated to building a more agile world, Agile Amped is brought to you by Accenture. Hi, Ivo. Thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Happy to be here. My pleasure. We're excited to talk about Essence and to deep dive into the work that you're doing in this space. But I thought the best way to start off is to look at Essence in terms of what it is and just give us a little bit of a definition so that our listeners you know, start, start getting into uh, uh, get a good idea of, of the work that you're doing so far. So, yeah, if I just start without talking about the value proposition, just talk about what essence is, as it is. It is um, a, a common ground. Uh, it's um, a language, vocabulary, a glossary. It's um, a, a framework for thinking about uh, methods. It's not the specific method. Uh, it's not a method that competes with any other method. It is uh, a, a specification, you can say, that helps you to describe any method in a better way. Better meaning more practical, uh, more fun, more easy to understand. And um, uh, it provides uh, a lot of opportunities to... Uh, teach your method simpler. Uh, it uses games to, to um, um, solve problems in a team. So team play games to solve problems. They are entertaining to some extent, but primarily uh, uh, they, <clears throat> they help you to move forward. Yeah. So essence is, uh, it's very important to understand, essence is not um, intended or it, it doesn't actually compete with any other framework. We, we want to know, I guess, what was the drive behind the application of essence for you and the, the, the work that, that you're doing? What pulled that into, I guess, the Agile frameworks, which is where there's a lot of work that you're doing in there. So Give us a little bit of behind the scenes, if you like. Where where, where did the drive come from? Uh, yeah, it's uh, quite interesting. Once upon a time, I was um, a, a rock star in the methodology space. That was uh, 20 years ago. <clears throat> uh, I had uh, uh, been the promoter and an actual developer of a, a method, that methodology was called um, Rational Unified Process. Uh, RAP was uh, on everyone's tongue at that time. Every, every consultant, not every, but uh, uh, many consultants stood up and said, I have been RAP certified, and they had taken a couple of days of training and then they could make more money than they did before. <clears throat> uh, I felt 
the, the whole world wanted to use it. Accenture, not the least. Uh, Accenture is maybe still very heavy on using RUP. Um, maybe we have um, agilized it a little, so it's a little bit different. Um, but uh, it was the most popular method at that time, 20 years ago. Um, I felt the whole situation was uh, crazy. Um, I couldn't believe that one single company could provide methodology support for the rest of the world. Um, and then Agile came. And uh, <clears throat> I worked at that time with very uh, smart people. Uh, I still work with very smart people, but uh, uh, very famous people too. And um, I remember that uh, when I first heard about XP, I immediately understood that this would be a significant threat to RUP. Um, and because the people were so passionate about uh, uh, XP, young people. And uh, correctly, uh, it was very hard to int int uh, make my colleagues interested in, in uh, XP because uh, what people said, there is nothing new in it, which was, uh, of course, completely... Um, uh, not correct. The thing we didn't understand was that um, uh, XP was represented a new new paradigm where you cared about uh, social engineering in a way we had never done before. So um, when we now saw that Agile came, um, we... I personally believe that we need to um, adopt to Agile. Uh, I talked a lot about it, but I didn't want to have methods like we had had it before. I felt it was, uh, and I will talk about that later, I felt it was crazy that we had a methods war in the world. A methods war is not like a marketing war, a products war. It's about, it's about mindset. It's closer to religion. Uh, don't even think about trying to uh, <clears throat> unify all religions. And the same thing, I didn't think uh, in that we should um, uh, could have a war between different methodologies. Instead, I wanted to find something that could incorporate them all. So that is how Essence was born. And it is about 2003 we started. And seriously, with uh, a group of five, six people working on it full time from 2006. And um, we came up with that find, finding that thing that was common for all methods, that all methods should have. Uh, and uh, that you can say at essence is uh, a common ground for all methods. Um, now, <clears throat> What I didn't know was that once you find that common ground, you get so much more that you never had imagined. So essence, uh, just the fact that we have um, a common ground makes it possible for us to build um, build an ecosystem of practices 
and you can go to that ecosystem, identify which practice you want to have. I, I think I want this, I want that. And they come from different methods. They don't come from one method because not one single method can have it all. Um, one guru, having gurus in the industry, what is that? It's, a, it's an industry, actually the biggest uh, construction industry we have in the whole world. There's nothing as big as software development. We don't spend so much money on anything else as software development. So having gurus in that world, having experts is a different thing. But having someone, a guru is a marketing a methodology salesperson. We don't need that. So, I mean, uh, that's how it all started, coming up this way. But uh, what surprised me and has surprised me all these years is that just when you start to think about having a common ground, there is so much that comes out of it that you never uh, uh, believed in before. Amazing. I, I can talk more about that. Uh, yeah, let me... Uh let me pick that one which is the the common ground because i think that that's quite interesting you know you mentioned the war of methodologies and frameworks and finding the common ground is if you, in from the client's perspectives is perhaps um you know it's something something brings uh, brings clarity especially when you're a large enterprise how do you describe that common ground from essence perspective what are the key constructs when it comes to finding the common grounds um good question i just have to um think about how to present it i i we have discovered that any engineering project actually any not only software systems engineering basically any engineering has to um, follow and advance along several dimensions. It's a multi-dimensional endeavor. And um, uh, these, some of these are technical, some of them are project management, something or some of them are um, uh, dealing with client and taking a client perspective. So we have, in essence, there are seven such dimensions that you have to progress, progress. Um, in, in the customer space, thinking about clients, we have two. Opportunity, there is always a reason why you do it. There is, uh, you can make money or there is something that will uh, uh, change uh, a problem, uh, uh, for instance, uh, global warming uh, is something you need to address. Um, so the, there is an opportunity and there are stakeholders. There are people you need to bring on board that have a competence to participate. In the software, it's users is one. Another is the owner of a product uh, and uh, owner or owner of a uh, the client that is going to use it. So there are stakeholders that need to be involved. These things are often forgotten. People who develop software, many failures in software development is that these are not considered uh, as they should. Then you have a, what we call the solution area of concern. 
And um, there are two dimensions you need to move. And one is we call a requirement. Uh, you could call it uh, intent. You could call it anything else. But we it's called in the standard essence requirement. We have to move the requirements, uh, progress with knowledge about what we are going to build. And then it's the solution. Um, that is uh, can be software, hardware, combination. It can be... Uh, for instance, uh, essence and be used in innovation. So it can be innovating a new product. So it's the solution we are looking for. That is one, uh, two other dimensions. Then we have three dimensions in the endeavor area of concern. And one is the work we have to do. Another is um, the uh, uh, way of working we are using. And uh, what is the third? Um, yeah, as a third one, I, it doesn't come to my mind right now. These all seven have to be progressed if you're going to be successful. There are other dimensions too, but at least you have to progress these. Okay. And then these have, uh, each one of these dimensions have states. So, for instance, if you talk about requirements, when you start, you don't know much about what you're going to build. Uh, then you have maybe come up with uh, the core requirements of our states you go through and can bound the solution, limit what is the outside of a thing you build and what is inside of the things you build. So you have to progress through states. Every such state has a checklist, so you know you have achieved that state. Checklists are very uh, practical. Uh, in the past, we have often have checklists that are, uh, you check that you have done this activity or you check that you have uh, written this document. That is not uh, a good checklist because they are, uh, they are bound to a particular way of working. Instead, of it should be real outcome you measure. So uh, with these words, I think I've described the one of the key ideas behind the essence. There are more, but these are important. Yeah. yeah. And so, so that's the common ground, which I think you articulated it beautifully there. Where does the methodologies, the framework, the other frameworks comes in play? Where, where's the integration points? If, if at all, how, how do things play together? So to get value of this uh, common ground, um, and uh, I have not touched all the values, uh, the value proposition. But to get value, you need to use this common ground to, uh, ground to describe your own method. So you can see essence as um, uh, as a platform to use when you describe your me- own methodology. Um, f- for instance. Um, uh, we have done this with uh, many uh, practices now. Scrum, uh, we have, is developed with, um, uh, on top of essence. So you have uh, Scrum, it's called Scrum Essentials. And uh, the, the, this Scrum Essentials is used by uh, teams to do Scrum. The interesting thing about it is that uh, it's described, the whole scum is described on 21 cards, I think, poker-sized cards. 
And um, these cards are people can put them in pockets. They can bring it up anytime. You don't need to go to a book to read. And this is the essence of scum. If you have learned the essence, you can participate in work. You can be, you can learn more about scum, but this is the most essential things. So uh, uh, scum is one example, and that is actually done by Jeff Sutherland, who is uh, one of the co-creators of scum. Uh, we have <clears throat> we have helped him do it, but he it's his work. He owns it, so to speak. Okay. We have, we have done it with the Spotify model, the same thing, very popular, and uh, done with Joachim Sundain, who is uh, one of the co-creators of Spotify model. And uh, both says, um, I, I know particularly Jeff Savalan says that 58% of all SCAM implementations fail, but essence is the key to success because uh, it it helps you to do so many things, not the least to integrate with other practices. So you can easily add to SCAM user stories, use cases, uh, uh, whatever practice you like. Is there a criteria or a process or a way of perhaps defining, you know, if you're a business, what works for you from these different methodologies and frameworks? Because you talked about the cards and in Scrum, for example, you, you layer it with Essence and then you have the essential Scrum cards. But if you are the business that trying to find the best answer, how how do you see that happening? Do they take from different areas or there's a there's a there's a criteria or questions that need to be addressed before you can you know you can pull the right cards for you. How do you bring this to a business? So uh, <clears throat> let me tell you about the uh, situation now. There are many people have used these frameworks, uh, the most popular frameworks, and they have given them some value, but. To, to scale up Agile. But at some point in time, they feel they want to take more control of it themselves. There are aspects of a particular framework they don't like. Um, and so they want to take it their own hands. So many of people who are clients that have used uh, other frameworks, I shouldn't say a particular framework, they come now to us and say, we want to create our own way of working. So we, uh, then they develop uh, uh, their own way of working using essence and practices that uh, exist in an ecosystem of practices. Take these practices, take essence, and put them in their own repository. These practices can come from any of the big frameworks. They can come from SAFE, they can come from DAD, they can come from LESS, or they can come from yeah, five, six uh, successful uh, framework. And then they create their own ecosystem of practices. And they are 
teams can then select practices from this uh, ecosystem. Not all teams should have the same set of practices. It depends very much about what kind of application are you building, uh, if it's operation or ma and maintenance, or if it's um, uh, practices that deal with uh, the core activities, the core flow, core, core um, flow in the company. Uh, it depends on the competence level of the people who are going to do it. I mean, if you have rather incompetent, uh, I shouldn't say incompetent, less competent people, you need uh, to have practices that they can master. If you have uh, very experienced people, they can have more advanced practices. And the set type of guideline you need with more experienced people is less. So that is very, very flexible. It needs to be very flexible. Otherwise, people get bored and, and uh, feel, they feel controlled. So actually, many of uh, our new clients are um, people who have used existing uh, frameworks. Brilliant. And as Agile practitioners, when it comes to using Essence, what do we learn from applying such a framework that we don't get to learn from being focused on a particular methodology or a particular framework? What are we missing out on if we're not having that, we're not applying that common, uh, common ground that you mentioned earlier? It is we miss uh, practices that are developed uh, by others. So um, if you, for instance, work with one particular framework, you learn a particular style on how to present it. You cannot bring into that framework practices outside that are described in a, another guru's way. So it's not easy to say, uh, say you work with one, one framework and there is another framework that has attractive things. You cannot just pull it out and put it in here because it doesn't fit. It's not... Uh, uh, the whole description is uh, a, a bastard compared to what already is there. So, um, whereas if uh, if you have an essentialized world, describe uh, on top of essence, you can take practice from anywhere and compose them. There is a there is a step uh, where you in the composition process where you have to see if you have. Uh, and name conflicts or other simple things, but that is easy to deal with if you have a structure. And there are many other things, you know, that uh, you will discover. You, you will feel, uh, I mean, just to give you another example. If you have a, uh, such an ecosystem of practices, say we have a scum practice there, okay? But there's not only one scum practice. Very scum. Uh, according to Dean Leffing, no, uh, Jeff Sutherland and uh, Ken Schwaber. Then there is a scum according to, mm, for instance, uh, Mike Cohn. And there is, uh, you know, there, so there are many different core scum practices. And not some of them may fit you better than the other. And okay, now we have it starting. But they all improve. So you can find variants of these practices and you can select the practices you, um, 
you fit you best. The interesting aspect is also that uh, at some point in time, this will be very complex. So you need to have a tool to um, uh, be able to select without, so you, you know what is the difference between these different variants of SCAN. And some of them fit you better than others. Amazing. And I guess if I, you've seen the evolution of methodologies and frameworks, and it's interesting for me to get your perspective on the evolution of essence and A, are you happy with the adoption rate? And B, how do you see it being ad- uh, adopted at a, a larger um, pace, if you like? And what's your, what's your future vision of essence based on your experience seeing other frameworks around you? What, as you can understand, I've been working as 16 years with this vision. Uh, I never expected I would spend so much time on it. I thought it would turn on people much earlier because to me it's so obvious. However, we haven't uh, had uh, enough um, practices uh, described we didn't have enough games and use ca- basically use cases of essence. Uh, and it has taken uh, a small company like us uh, many years to develop it. Now there are, are many companies doing similar. And many, actually, Accenture has um, uh, brothers or sisters that uh, does it uh, in full scale. Uh, so, uh, <clears throat> essence has matured, but it, the biggest problem is that it is a mind shift. You think different. You think in terms of uh, a, a, a collective of practices instead of thinking about my particular method. So, it, it, it is, and people describe it as a paradigm shift to adopt it, uh, similar to moving from uh, the old methods, traditional methods, as it's called, to agile methods, which was a mind shift. And uh, so it it is uh, requires a little bit more time than people most often have to get under the skin of essence. That's why it's taken a long time. But I wouldn't have continued all these years if I didn't see a progress year by year more and more adoption. We have never had a situation like today. Uh, we have over 60 university professors working together on creating um, a new uh, way of teaching uh, software engineering. Instead of teaching a particular method, which is the normal case, uh, you could teach um, the mother of all methods, um, namely a common ground. And then, based on that, teach uh, extensions. So you get to, you can then create, recreate one of the existing methods. That is uh, the academics. Uh, We have, uh, I think right now it's public, two um, uh, methodologists or creators of method, famous, who... um, have been essentialized. But we are talking to five others. I cannot uh, tell you that, but we will very soon reveal 
other such um, collaborations. So that is the methodologist, because uh, they have to be on board. They are the ones who should love it, and that is what happens. And third, of course, the industry. We have never had such uptake as now. Last, just two, three weeks ago, we signed a contract with a, a, a big company who want to really move from a tradition, uh, from a, uh, one of the big frameworks uh, to um, having their own way of working. And that uh, is a, a contract on six months where we um, not only develop, help them. We don't develop, they develop, but we coach them in development. And we uh, uh, have um, um, a whole group of people that coach their, their teams in adopting their method. So, and we have many similar discussions, uh, uh, contracts. We, uh, we have others going on at the same time. So uh, I have no doubts. Uh, we need to clean up this crazy world where you have methods war, you have um, uh, gurus, you have um, uh, the practices are in prison, uh, practice is in a method prison, and, and there are many other things. One of the most important things that we can do that I didn't know when we started this initiative 15 years ago is that uh, you have two cycles you have to go through when you adopt the method. The first is to learn the method, the learning cycle. And then you have another, and that is delivery cycle. You have to deliver something. You have to do something. These two have never been integrated in, in uh, software engineering, never. Uh, you, you, all, the, all the gurus, the famous people in the world, software world, they are very good on the learning cycle. They create certification program because the, they have slide decks uh, with uh, hundreds of slides. They teach it and um, they have websites where they put up it all and uh, they write books. All that is about learning. But then move it to people who really have to do the job. How do we do that? Well, most often we don't do it, so they struggle. But if we do it, it's through coaches. We have coaches, okay? I remember the days when uh, someone who had taken a three-day course of RUP stood up and said, I'm a RUP expert. That is what the situation we have. These people who are trained uh, are now experts on a particular framework. But they... We, and when we come into client, yeah, we, we are two weeks ahead of a client. So, of course, at the beginning, they, it works well. Uh, there are some very good coaches. Um, actually, in my company, we have uh, many of them. <laughs> <laughs> but but, but uh, it's not they, – they spend their time on teaching or uh, coaching on trivial things. 80% of the time is doing trivial things. The 20% may hopefully is uh, advanced things. Whereas that trivial things can be uh, reduced or eliminated. And 
one of the help of essence is to bridge that gap between learning and doing. Yeah, exciting. And I know we've got much, much more to cover and we plan to do that. But for those listeners, um, and, you know, they're tuned in for, for the last 30 minutes. Where can they do, where can they go next to get essentialized? Where, where can they learn more about these ideas? I mean, we can obviously go to our website. And if we go to my LinkedIn, they will find a lot of postings. There is a community, we could call it uh, Essence for Agility. It's a meetup, Essence for Agility. We have had 13 um, uh, meetups with key players in the industry. Uh, Kent Beck, um, uh, Uncle Bob, I mean, Agilistas. And um, uh, we are having now new ones coming. So there is one way to learn about it. Please join me and uh, go to LinkedIn and to Twitter and, and um, be my friend. Join the conversation on LinkedIn. Amazing. Thank you so much, Ivar, for joining us today. Really appreciate it. I, I enjoyed it too. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Agile Amped. If you learn something new, please tell a friend, coworker, or client about this podcast.